0: When we do that, when we create that foundation, then we have that communication. And what communication offers is connection, which is what we all really want. And so it allows for those tough conversations to happen easier. It allows our teenager to not feel so alone in the struggle because inevitably they're gonna struggle. What we want is for them to not feel so
1: alone in that struggle. Hey, everyone. I'm Maria Sansone, and this is Mom to Mom, the podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me this morning. I want to take a little stroll down memory lane with everybody out there. Think back, if you can, to high school. Ah, oh, remember the high school glory days <laughs> or not so glory days? To put things in perspective, when I graduated, these were the songs that were topping the charts, Okay. Baby One More Time by Britney Spears, No Scrubs, <laughs> I think that was TLC, and Genie in a Bottle. These were on the top of the charts. This is what we were jamming out to uh, It was some interesting times. Those were the soundtracks of my teen years, and although the sounds have changed, the teen years haven't changed all that much. It's still tough. Do you remember how hard it was being a teenager? So many mistakes were made. (laughs) So many life lessons. The ups, the downs, the challenges. A tough time, but oh, so important. And now here we are on the other side of things. Maybe you have a teenager. Maybe you had a teenager. Or maybe you're like me and you are about to embark upon these teenage years. They're going to come fast. I know they are. So today... Who better to answer some of our questions about what to expect with the teenage years than the teen whisperer, Kirsten Kobabe. Kirsten is a family and teen coach. For nearly 20 years, she's helped parents use a modern lens to see themselves and their teens by helping them, and I think probably this is the most important thing, improve communication Give them some autonomy, balance structure with flexibility and all these other amazing things. She is a wealth of information. And really, I learned so much from this conversation. So here is my chat with the teen whisperer, Kirsten Kobabe. Well, good morning, Kirsten. Welcome. Good. Good morning. Thanks, Maria. (laughs) I hear you are the teen whisperer. And there are a lot of people at home right now who could really use your help. So we are going to get into all of that because the teen years, woo, they are challenging, but they are so, so important. So we have a lot of questions for you. But before we even get into all the tips and all the tricks that you have, I want to know why you decided to start working with this particular group?
0: This group came to me when I was working actually as a therapist in New Hampshire and really sort of chose me, of course, chose them back right away. I was having a lot of teenagers come into my office and want to come into my office and want to see me every week. And so that was really special. Um, That being said, I'd also worked with teenagers throughout my whole life. Even when I was a teenager, I started mentoring teenagers. So it's always been a touchstone and a special spot for me and I think you know, so many of us had difficult teen years, including myself, that it's, we kind of look back to these years sometimes. And so I really sort of combined all those things to share what I've seen work, um, what I needed and what I've seen lots of young people need. So I'm excited to share more about that and that journey.
1: You must be a godson for parents (laughs) who are just, when they just don't know what to do, because it can be such a tough time. When I think back to my teen years, I would never want to do those again. I mean, it was wonderful. There were some great experiences It shaped who I was, yeah. but it was tough, really some of the toughest times for people. And then of course, for the parents that are going along with it. So one of the first things that you talk about is communication and talk about how important that is between parents and teenagers. Yeah, I resonate with you know everything you just said. I think we we do
0: have a lot of these great memories and a lot of challenging ones and so where communication comes into play is so many young people feel they can't talk or don't have anyone they can talk to about some big mm-hmm. things and even some small things you know anything um and and a lot of those moments during the teen years feel really big everything's a little bit magnified there's so much like new lens new light new perspectives coming in and so communication
1: hormones (laughs) yeah
0: yes there's all these changes the brain is changing all of that and so this really does create an opportunity it creates a, a huge opportunity and so often we miss it because as parents caretakers guardians it can be scary partly because of our own experiences like who can i go to to ask this question that feels a little bit like i might get in trouble or I shouldn't be asking it. And so creating that foundation where nothing's taboo and almost so your teenager knows how you would respond to any question is huge because then they're more likely to come to you if they know when I ask something, when I bring something up, this is how this person's gonna respond consistently. Like I've seen it, they've shown me this. And so when we do that, when we create that foundation, then we have that communication. And what communication offers is connection, which is what we all really want. And so it allows for those tough conversations to happen easier. It allows our teenager to not feel so alone in the struggle because inevitably they're going to struggle. What we want is for them to not feel so alone in that struggle. That's what we all want. And so teenagers are just
1: like us. (laughs) Okay. So let's kind of like role play a little bit because I I don't have teenagers yet, but I have a very Mm -hmm. astute eight-year-old who comes to me with the the big questions when my hair's on fire and I've got a million things to do and I'm not thinking on my toes. And she hits me with like this massive life question. What do you recommend doing if you are a yeah. teen or your child comes to you and you don't know the answer mm-hmm. and maybe you, you automatically want to like, you know, insert your own judgment and insert like what to do and what not to do and blah, blah, blah what would be your advice i love that example
0: um it can really help to just really make this real and and there's so many examples of this for teenagers it could be about a party or their friend is in trouble or sex or even i don't want to go to school you know this is the stuff that does come up and so when these are brought to us one of the things we can do um is remember to pause and that it sounds easier maybe than it actually is. It can be hard to remember that to breathe, to pause, to hold on. It we want to fix.
1: In my unscientific opinion, the pause yeah. it buys you time, parents. It buys you time to catch your breath and be like, okay, how do I want to answer this? So go on. Yeah. Don't be yes.
0: no, no, it's true. That's what it does. It allows us that space and also when we pause and we breathe it's it sends like calm signals to the brain so the brain isn't like ah fear danger alert make a choice fix something you know and so it lets us actually listen and what that's actually so much of what communication is is actually listening and um you know with my sessions my hope is it's like 80 20 where i'm listening 80% of the time talking 20. And that's even a good ratio to think about as a parent, if you are a numbers person, it's like, how do I slow down? How do I listen? Listening is communication and pausing is hard to remember though. So let's just honor that and even offer some examples of ways to remember to pause. I know someone that actually takes a step back sometimes sits down because sitting down also sends that like, Everything's okay. Message, so we're less likely, yeah, to respond. That's serious,
1: though. Like that's a like you need to sit
0: down for this conversation. It's like sit down and or lean against something, you know, because when we're leaning or sitting, then your brain doesn't go alert danger. It goes, "Mm," and we're more likely to respond rather than react in those moments. So we're not parenting out of fear or yeah, supporting out of fear. We're actually curious.
1: One of the things I do and tell me I could be way off because listen, I'm new at this game here. My daughter recently, we got into a conversation Mm -hmm. and like I said, she's only in second grade. And so she started talking about puberty Mm -hmm. and some of the changes that the girls go through and this and that. And of course it hit me, you know, I'm driving, I'm not thinking. And she starts asking me this stuff and I'm like, oh Maria, this is actually like a serious conversation. You've got to handle this with care. And this is going through my brain. And I did this technique and I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I did the, ask her a question to see where she was at with it. Cause I was already to fully launch into like menstrual cycles and all these things and all these like things that probably would have blown her mind. And then I just asked her a question to kind of so I could gauge where her little brain was at and then meet her there. And I'm so glad I did because I was about to go into this whole thing that would have probably scared the crap out of her. So does that buy you some time too and help to kind of assess the situation? For sure. I'm okay. so
0: happy you brought that up because that that is a huge piece because we do jump to conclusions sometimes. Yeah. As people, as parents, as teachers, supporters, like we will jump and assume and so when you do ask those questions, you have more information exactly about where they're at. And that's one of the biggest pieces about any connection with anyone, but definitely with teenagers and children is like meet them exactly where they're at. And, and then yeah, you have, you have more information. And it's also this, it allows this, the conversation to feel like you're almost asking permission Or not permission, but that's actually another way to do it, too, is like, hey, can we check in about this? I have some questions. That, for teenagers specifically, helps them feel like they have some control over the conversation. But yeah, those check-ins, amazing. That's awesome that you do that.
1: (laughs) Control has got to be a huge thing for teens. I heard you say this, and it bears repeating. Teens have less, what was it, like less flexibility than someone who is incarcerated? Yeah, I read that
0: in a book called Teen 2.0. And it's a it's a real thick book with a lot of good information in it. And that struck me. I also have a background working with people who are incarcerated. And so it's and of course, teenagers for 20 years now. So it's, it struck me. um, And if we think about it, it's like, yeah, most of their days are at school right? Until they're 18. And that's seven plus hours a day, not to mention homework. Um, You have to ask to go to the bathroom. Sometimes teachers say no. It's really interesting uh, dynamics and what we've set up. And I could talk a lot about kind of the need for some shifts in that and and just where teenagers are at now and where that school got, when it got invented and, and what seed that you know, what seed it came from. It's so different now. But yeah, the need for control is really important because at this age and stage, young people are really asserting themselves and finding their interdependence and their autonomy. And so having control, a sense of control and some control is super important, but of course boundaries too.
1: (laughs) How do we do that for a teen? How do we create boundaries, but, and also create a sense of structure, but also leave some flexibility and relinquish a little control so they feel that they do have some control so they don't feel like they're in jail i don't think we want our kids to feel like they're incarcerated these are all yeah. fine lines we walk so mm-hmm. it's really tough so what advice do you have for a parent yeah if you're
0: you know fi- trying to find the sweet spot because it is it's a fine line and since every teenager is different it even kind of builds on what you said earlier of like asking those questions and and part of it's even inviting young people into these conversations where you're like all right, you're older now, you're driving or, you know, or whatever, you have your own phone, like, let's reassess some of this. Like, what do you think some of the rules should be? And some of the responsibilities should be like, where are you at? What do you think is fair? What do you think is right? Because so often as parents coming from the paradigm that we're currently outgrowing, we think, well, I'm the parent, I make all the rules, they need to listen and just do it because I said so. How Even if we don't, we heard,
1: this is my house. <laughs> and while you're under my roof, exactly. you follow my rules exactly that's and old so many school. of us old school
0: and we don't even want to be saying that when we hear it and we're like wait a minute and it's i think it's because we don't have this new path as clear as we have the old path we're sort of like dancing in between and so part of it's like realizing there is a new path finding your people that are interested in this new way that's not completely submissive but it's not rigid it's more flexible and it's more about who is this teenager what actually works for them what are their ideas how can they participate what chores, you know, chores or whatever word you want to use, responsibilities, are they actually interested in? How do, how do I get the buy-in? And part of that's, of course, the relationship. When we have a solid relationship with a teenager, there's influence. You know, there's, they actually want to spend time with us and want to support and want to help. But if it's force and there's no choice, any human, most humans, unless they've been totally programmed out of this, the response is like, hey, no. And especially for teenagers. They're already having their most of their day kind of dictated or um structured and it's just this way. And so their downtime is so important. And for some teens more than others. You know, some teens need lots of structure. So really who is your teenager? What is it that they need? Check in with them, ask them, and keep building that relationship too.
1: So no conversation about parenting these days or teens would be complete without talking about social media. It's here. This is not something that we had growing up. So how are you seeing this impacting the teens and parents that you're working with? There
0: are some studies that at least I've read that talk about the difference between the middle school brain and the high school brain and girls and boys. And not that I want to divide things too much, but there is something here where there's a maturity level for some people where social media is just over their heads at some point some kids also haven't had practice along the way what's appropriate what can i say what should i post how should i be how do i communicate with people in this realm and so it's tricky and i think what's trickiest and hopefully this will kind of land for people is that i feel technology is not good or bad Technology with awareness is amazing. Like, look at what we're doing right now. This is technology with awareness. Technology without awareness is where it gets tricky. Teenagers, specifically, I think sometimes we don't know how to talk about it or what to talk about. And I'm in the camp of like, empower young people to be prepared for what it can be like to talk about things before they happen and to really set that stage for I'm here for you. If you if there's a weird message that comes through, or you see something online that you are not sure about, or you don't know what to post or what to say, like I'm here for that, and let's talk about it. This is a whole new realm, and we sometimes assume young people know things, and sometimes we just don't have all the information yet as a young person in this realm. Yeah. I think the biggest one of the biggest concerns too is that um it's becoming it's addictive and all of these things, yes. and so it can be a lot to watch, you know, a young person interact on the screen in this way. And I think it's not, I don't know if social media brought disconnection. I think it's highlighting our need for connection, if that makes mm, sense.
1: Real connection. real connection. Real connection. My heart breaks for young people who are on social media right now, because as an adult, I can see what it does to my moods and how it can be triggering and how you're constantly comparing and how you're Mm -hmm. constantly seeing people doing all this work and you feel like you're behind and just, it's, I, I, we could do a whole episode on Mm -hmm. how damaging it can be. And yet it is a part of our life. You know, you've got to create some limits for them, but also give them, like we've been saying, give them. A little bit of their own control so what how do you talk to parents about limits for social and you know as kids we have like you know the pediatrics association says two hours that's it i don't know if that's the same for teens or what the story is
0: there's probably a number that i'm unaware of and I, maybe it's a little bit more than that one and that being said so many of so many teens are online for their homework too, right. or their school, right? And so it's getting very gray. If it wasn't gray already, it's super gray right now. Yes. So, and it really depends on the kid. There's some young people that are, that are really great at sort of not being that invested in it. And then there's other kids that do need more limits or more support finding their own kind of internal wisdom about it. And that's where that awareness comes in. It's like, oh, what are you noticing? I feel that too sometimes, you know, when yeah. I'm on, just like, I mean, you I, honestly, I feel.
1: I wish someone would give me limits. <laughs> I wish someone would give me structure. And I actually set my phone up to tell me when it's, <laughs> me you've done too much. And then I just blow right. Yeah, anyway. like Okay. <laughs> um, but you did yeah. mention how kids are you know, they're, they're doing school a lot of look at during the pandemic, they were remote learning online on zoom. And so the areas get very gray, but I want to talk about school because I know that that's really been an issue for a lot of teens that you've been working with. And I don't know if it's a new thing or if it's pandemic related, but you're saying that a lot of teens are really having a hard time with school and just not liking it.
0: Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of that. And and I know, A lot of us are seeing a lot of that there's a few reasons for this one is the system is really outdated i mean as wonderful as so many teachers are and so many schools are really trying to be they're also up against so much right it's you're you're teaching for testing now it's very This is just how it is now it didn't used to be like this so much so not only was our school system kind of created in the civil war era a long time ago when we were getting kids off farms and into factories It hasn't changed a whole lot, but if anything, it's more about testing. And some people, that works for them. Some young people, they're super type A, tests are great, they wanna go to Ivy League colleges, Awesome. That's amazing. And then for the rest who are a lot of our nation and our world, more, maybe more creative or not type A or just outside the box thinkers, there's not a lot of space for that right now. And so imagine being someone that has questions and ideas and all these curiosities and it's like, no, 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 algebra, algebra for <laughs> eight years, you know? And so that's hard. If we really think about it, it's tricky and it's really hard for parents to know what to do. And I'm happy to talk about that more too. This is part of every day in my world right now.
1: So the thing with school is it's mandatory. (laughs) The kid has to go to school. So what advice do you have if a kid is struggling and morning is just a disaster and you're trying to get them out the door and try to get everyone out happy? Great question. Because some of these things,
0: most people can't change, right? We can't change when school starts or even if your teen goes to school or not or can homeschool. So in those situations, I've found that validation goes a really long way because a typical response is, well, we all have to do things. You have to go, sorry, like this is how it is. We all have to do things. Life's not fair. Exactly. Life's not fair. And yeah, you got to go. It's just the way it is. So my response would be what I've found to be successful and way more fun is like, oh my gosh, I wish you didn't have to go either. This is awful. So early, way earlier than you, a teenager should be waking up. Like this is this is backwards, this is bananas, this doesn't make any sense. And joining them in their frustration about how awful it is, how ridiculous it is, whatever it is they're feeling, join them in that. Because a little
1: empathy probably goes a long way with absolutely. a teenager. Absolutely, yeah. And then their
0: energy doesn't have to be spent convincing you of how hard it is. Instead, their energy is spent connecting with you, getting ready for school. There's no friction anymore. You're with them in it. And they know it and they can feel it.
1: And they're tired. I remember being yeah. in high school, this legit, don't do this at home. I could not wake up. My dad would take the covers off me, turn all the lights on. Then he'd go take a shower. Then he'd come back. I'd still be in bed with all the lights on. So he would lift me up and place me on the floor. I would proceed to sleep on the floor <laughs> yeah. until the last second. And then we'd all be screaming at each other on the way yeah. out. But I it's, just remember being yeah. so Tired in me too. school. Is <laughs> my that... sister
0: did the same with me, just so you know. That was Is my this... <laughs> my little sister, poor thing.
1: <laughs> Is there something physiologically going on to absolutely kids at that age that just makes them tired? And when you're tired, you're a little grumpy. In our culture, we're like sleep babies, like we
0: adjust everything to baby sleeping, right? We're like naps and all that stuff. We get it and we're into it, at least in general. Yeah. Teenagers. We're not even talking about it other than I mean, right now, which is great because there's an entire different sleep rhythm. There's a totally different circadian, you know, rhythm for a teenager. And so they do need to sleep later and stay up later, most, not all, but often like
1: it's not uncommon for a young person to go to bed at midnight, wake up at 10, but school starts at seven 30. They're tired. So then there's, you know, no surprise that you're having a hard time in the morning because everything's all screwed up with the sleep. All right. So looking ahead, I, like I said, have younger kids. I know a lot of people out there probably Mm. do too. Is there anything that we can start doing now when they're in grammar school and all this to kind of Mm. lay the groundwork for smooth transition into the teen years. And most importantly, kind of what we talked about originally, which was communication. I think I want nothing more for my family than to always just have the lines of communication open. So the things we can do now. Absolutely. And and they are great to
0: start early because they're maybe even a little easier, right? Your, your child comes to you the question. The pause, the breath, the sitting down, the getting curious. And really, that's all a shift in a perspective. And, and maybe some people listening and maybe already have this perspective where your child's a really sacred mirror, kind of showing children show us what's still here, what's not integrated yet, where our fears are, um, and, and maybe sometimes what's being suppressed. And so even just having that awareness of, of that, that perspective can help us get curious. And when we're curious, we're less likely to freak out or react instead of respond, and we can really be more present. And so all of those things build the relationship, they support the relationship, the connection, and that line of communication, keeping that open. Yeah. And then you're already doing it when they're
1: in their teen years, it's already happening. And so you keep doing it. And, and I and, think yeah, just giving them the respect too as little humans or teenage human beings, giving them that respect, I think goes a long way. And I think there's probably a lot we can learn from them as well. If we're curious, like you said. For sure. Expect
0: them to change. Expect for you to change. And I love that you brought up that respect because it is a two-way street and teenagers really do. um, They're sensitive to that. And and they really need us to show up authentically and be real. And so getting real with ourselves, being ourselves, and loving our teenagers and our children, if they're younger, exactly how they are right now. Well,
1: you've earned your name today, the Teen Whisper, <laughs> Kirsten, thank you so much for joining us today. Please let everyone know where they can find you out there online. Yeah, for sure. You can follow me at
0: Kirsten Kobe on Instagram and go from there. I've got all kinds of free resources. I also offer Three calls, one for every family if you just need a little bit of something. And the
1: better we all are, the better we all are. So thanks for having me. You're going on my speed dial. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right. That's a wrap for this episode of Mom to Mom, the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. If you liked this conversation, please check out All of our episodes, you can binge them wherever you find your podcast. I also ask you very nicely to rate and review our show so that more and more people can see it and listen to it. And as always, thank you so much for being here. And if you're in the New England area, you can watch mom to mom on TV on Mondays at 1130 on NBC10 Boston. All right, that's a wrap for this episode of mom to mom and I'll see you guys next week.